Welcome back to the Grand Season Podcast, live from Toronto. I'm your host, Saint. It's a beautiful 22 degrees here. Finally, we are out of winter, seemingly, although I probably just jinxed it because, I mean, that's been that's been known to happen. Like, we get, we get like, a stretch of, like, warm days, and then it just fucking snows again out, out in the middle, <laughs> just randomly. But right now, it's very nice. I got my window open and shit. The birds are chirping, and we're about to get back in this. I haven't talked about music on this podcast in like a year. <laughs> it's been it's been a minute, and then uh, my the last episode I did it was just it was just a, like a Saturday sports talk, um, and that was in December. So uh, we're back on this, and there's definitely a couple things I want to talk I want to talk about in both in both worlds. But first, um, baseball started, uh, and uh, I'm really excited about that. Obviously, it's it's always nice. You know, when spring rolls around April and, and baseball uh, kicks back into gear after spring training, you know, it's it's always uh, the mark. It's It always goes hand in hand with uh, the weather getting warmer. You know, I saw a thread on the Toronto subreddit um, that, was, that I found really interesting. It was basically some guy asking like... Um, couple days ago like why why is suddenly is everyone so lively and shit like the city feel lively and shit and uh basically all the comments were 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 talking about seasonal depression and how like like yeah that shit is real man and 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 how yeah and i i I would tend to agree i mean yeah as soon as the weather warmed up around here i've been feeling i don't know it's it's almost like a weight is lifted off you after a long dark winter which um, this winter was pretty brutal. I gotta be honest. I mean, when I was younger, uh, we'd have a, like every winter would be like this. Like that was the norm. But for a couple years now, it's been a lot less, uh, uh, how I'll put it. It's been a lot less brutal. It's been calmer, milder, less snow. Um, I'm sure if you looked at the data, it would support that. Um, but yeah, like when I was like, six seven years old around that like type shit like around that time we would get like tons and tons and tons of snow i remember uh when i would shovel a driveway uh we'd all shovel it into this one spot and make like a big ass pile of snow and i would like like take a a boogie board and like (laughs) like like snowboard down it um and i and i haven't been able to do that obviously not that i would but there hasn't been enough snow to be able to do that in years until this year so winter has definitely cooled off until now uh uh stop killing the environment guys come on uh <laughs> i don't give a fuck i do i do care i do care about the environment but uh at a certain point i feel like it's too far gone the same the same goes with voting i mean i look i'm not going to I'm not gonna throw my coke cans into the street, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give up my constitutional right to vote. But at the same time, it it, it almost feels like it's too far gone, and and I guess modern society. But uh, we're not to, we're not here to talk about the doomsday. We're here to talk about baseball. So without further ado, um, the Rays, the Tampa Bay fucking Rays, saw Kevin Kiermaier, who is now placed for my Blue Jays. Which, and I'm very happy about that. You know, he's he's received a very uh, a warm warm reception here in Toronto. Uh, he used to be public enemy number one essentially, after that whole uh, card stealing debacle a couple of years ago. But he is on the Blue Jays now, and he's been very very uh, good. He not only in the field, obviously that's a given with Kevin Kiermaier. When he's healthy and on the field, 
Uh, he's gonna he's gonna play a great center field, but he ha- he's <laughs> been one of the most consistent hitters on the team, um, and not and the sample size is becoming larger and larger now. Over to 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 hit five hundred over or I think he's hitting like four fifty or something like that, or he was until recently. To hit four fifty over like a stretch of like seven games is is one thing, but we're past we're double that where we played fourteen games, fifteenth game. I'm actually gonna have to put it on while I record this. Um, uh, three, like three oh seven, I think, uh, at the at the Rogers Center, um, and we managed to snap their thirteen game win streak yesterday. Uh, and it was it was too much fanfare in the community because I feel like the Rays are one of those teams where I'm not crazy about them. Like even like put aside the fact that I, that I like the Blue Jays and shit, like. Um, just as a baseball fan, the Rays have never been a team that stood out to me as like super interesting or like, or fun or and and dynamic and all and all these good qualities that you want in a team that you support. Uh, they've always just been you know whatever. I don't you, you don't love them, you don't hate them, and um, so I was surprised to see such an enormous uh, outpouring of support from basically every fan base that want to see them break the record of uh, most wins to start a season, but. Uh, we snapped it just short, <laughs> which uh, honestly I expected. Not not that I not in a overconfident way, but they played a bunch of trash teams essentially, uh, and so I think we kind of took them off their high horse a little bit. We have Kukuchi on the mound today, uh, who, despite his uh, shall we say atrocious twenty twenty two season, uh, has been bouncing back okay recently in, in spring training he was he was legitimately one of the best starters in spring training which is insane you say kahuchi and uh his first two starts have been decent his first one was actually really good against um uh kansas city excuse the background noise as a motorcycle goes down my fucking street um he was decent in his first start and a little he faltered a little bit against uh against uh, Anaheim, but I think a lot went wrong in that start for him, and a, and a lot was uh, came down to kind of bad luck. And I don't, I don't think he pitched that poorly. His command is a lot better. His fastball looks lively, and it's just it's just a really good sign. And uh, yeah, I love seeing that from him. And you know, it was I always felt bad for him. You know, I would shit on him occasionally, but really only as a joke. I, I genuinely felt bad for him. I don't know if I've talked about this on the on the podcast before, but I went to a game sort of early last season, 2022 season. Um they were playing the the uh the Twins and Kukuchi was on the mound. I was sitting in the second row of the 500s and in the first row in front of me there was a dude, this Japanese guy with a sign uh supporting Yusei Kukuchi. So we get to talking with him. He's like, "Yeah, like I grew up in the same town as uh Yusei and I think they went to the same high school, and he like he knew like he, their ten years overlapped essentially, and uh, that always that's that fucking crazy, right? That this guy, it's yeah, it's a beautiful thing that he would come all the way out from from Japan to watch Kikuchi get slaughtered by the Twins. I think he gave up like six runs or some shit like that in the first inning. But I mean, it is what it is. It was a very nice, uh, very nice thing to see. Uh, I we should have we should have tried to get him down to field level to see if uh, he could pop his head out the dugout or something like that, but uh, that didn't end up happening. But 
yeah, that's uh, that's what <laughs> that's what's going on in the AL East. Uh, the Yankees, so so the Rays are thirteen and one, uh, Blue Jays nine and five, Yankees eight and six, uh, same as the Orioles, and the Red Sox are six and eight. So this is not how I saw it going down. I thought uh, the Blue Jays and Yankees would be pretty much neck and neck until late in the season. Uh, obviously, no one could have foresaw. Tampa going 13-0, and um, but that happened. And so the Yankees are currently third in the division, one game behind the Blue Jays. And the Orioles are doing okay, but not um, not quite playing up to the level that maybe they expected. I think this is what I expected out of the Orioles. They're 8-6, and six, uh, winning percentage of 571. They're not doing amazing, but they're hanging in there. That's what I expected of them. I feel like they may have gotten, their fan, both the players and the fan base might have gotten a little... Uh, in over their heads in terms of expectation, but I think uh, we we might definitely be we might definitely see them challenge for a wild card spot this season. But we gonna see. You know, uh, it's too early to tell, like for sure, on those types of things. The AL Central, the Twins are ten and four. Uh, that's good to see because last year it was just a really disappointing season for the Twins. They're hanging in there until like about like halfway. They started like faltering and shit, and um, it's a shame because there's a, there is a lot of talent on that team. Obviously, Correa after the whole, uh, <laughs> I think it's his ankle. I think it's his ankle. Oh, Correa after the whole ankle fiasco, um, he is back with the Twins. So originally they said um, I don't know if it was like Rosenthal or one of these analyst guys, but they said he signed with the Giants. They didn't say he was thinking about it. They said Correa to the Giants. And then that didn't end up happening because he failed uh, his physical. Then Steve Cohen comes out with his fucking big bag of money. Loaded up. Uh, I mean, backed up the truck for Correa. Did the physical. They backed out of the deal because of the ankle issue. And so Minnesota got him for a lot cheaper. So he's back with Minnesota anyways. Uh, I don't know. I think it was. It's like a three-year deal or something like that. But he has an opt-out again, something like that. Or that might have been the previous deal, and then he opted out. But uh, I'll have to. I'll read up on that. I'm not sure the, about the specifics of his current contract, but we'll see. Uh, the Guardians are second in in the AL Central, eight and six, and that's really all that's notable um, in the AL Central. I mean, the White Sox are five and nine. And everyone else is doing worse than them. Uh, one thing I will say about actually. First off, um, Tristan McKenzie is out. He's on the 60-day aisle. I don't know if he needs Tommy John or something like that. I don't know, but I'm feeling disappointed. I drafted him in my fantasy team uh, because he'll be out for quite a while. Now, uh, I was going to say the Royals, uh, they impressed me last season with the their young talent, and they're impressing me again this season. Not exactly with the bats because the bats have been pretty silent, but... Um, I would say individually. <clears throat> Excuse me. I, I, I really like what I'm seeing from guys like uh, Pasquantino, Bobby Witt Jr., um, some of the some of the other guys, Nate Eaton. I like these guys. I think these guys, uh, were they to develop to potentially above replacement level in some cases and uh, kind of, and some of them put the team on their back a little bit, like, Bobby Witt and maybe Perez can get to that level again, his 2021 level. Um, we could see the Royals be better than 4-10. and 10. I think the talent level on the Royals is much better than the Tigers, even though the Tigers are uh, 
four and nine and the Royals are four and ten. Uh, I'm interested by the Royals, and it's going to be. I think the outlook for the Kansas City Royals is not quite as grim as uh, as Royals fans think it is. I think they might find themselves in contention in the next seven years, which is still a long time frame, but uh, you know we'll see. So that's the AL Central. The AL West is uh, a fucking surprise, to be honest with you. I mean, obviously we know. The Rangers got DeGrom, but seeing how the Rangers' season went last year, I didn't expect them to be, uh, even this early, 8-5, and five, leading the AL West. Um, behind them, not the Astros, but the Angels, 7-6, and six, above 500 for once, uh, Otani and Trout doing their thing. I was uh, saddened to learn about uh, Trout's, uh, what is it, a degenerative back disease thing. I think uh, that's quite a shame, because... Uh, my actually, my boy asked me uh, a couple days ago, like, what is who do who do I think is um, a Hall of Fame talent that I've seen play in my life, or like that their career has been mostly in the time frame where I've been into baseball. And obviously, the answer is Mike Trout, right? Mike Trout came up in I want to say 2011, 2012, something like that. And um, yeah, I've uh, watching his career blossom into prop basically. A lock for the Hall of Fame if he has like four more good, decent, good seasons, maybe five, is um has been awesome. He's an analytical darling, hits the ball very hard, and uh, it's just a it's just been a pleasure watching him play. He's just amazing. Mike Trout is that guy, and in for most of my life he has been that guy, and I'm really grateful that last year I was able to see uh, uh, Uncle Albert play out his final season in uh, St. Louis and see what he was truly capable of because. Um, yeah, for most of the time that I've been watching baseball, uh, going back to when I was a kid, he's been on the Angels. I went back when he played for the Cardinals in his first stint. Um, I wasn't watching baseball back then, so it was really cool to see him hit that 700 home run milestone. Future Hall of Famer for sure. I could see him uh, as a role, maybe like a like a third base coach or something like that, or maybe like a hitting coach. We'll see. Time will tell. Um, manager, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Um, so yeah, the Angels are second in the AOS. Third of the Astros. The Astros have kind of stumbled out of the gate a little bit. Um, some of their starters, uh, Jose in particular, he's not been performing up to what has been expected. Uh, but I'm I'm sure they'll figure it out. They're they're uh, what are they're six and eight. I thought they were five and eight. They're six and eight. They'll figure it out. I have confidence that the Astros will figure it out because they're they're such a talented team. And they actually got better, <laughs> if that was possible, over the offseason. The defending champs uh, added Jose Abreu uh, from the White Sox, and that's uh, obviously a very valuable player to have on your team. Now, the Mariners, that's a surprise. I, I, I would, wouldn't would have thought this would happen either, but the Mariners are also uh, neck and neck with the Astros, 6-8, and eight, uh, tied for third slash fourth in the division. I mean, they're only like three games better than the Athletics. Which, I mean, the A's fucking are atrocious, so make of that what you will, uh, but the, the Mariners have Teo now, not sure how much uh, of an impact he's made. I, I saw that game where he hit a couple home runs, but I haven't been keeping uh, too close an eye on the Mariners, so we'll see. Uh, in a later episode, I'll update on Teo, but that's uh, that's how it stands for now. Um, so the National League, so the Braves are 10-4, and four. great start. Um... I saw I saw a highlight of not a highlight just like a little clip like a YouTube short 
uh, Spencer Strider earlier today, and the the caption was like, "Oh, Spencer Strider, most beautiful fastball," something like that. So I I clicked the shit, and it, <laughs> it really was. I mean, it was um like one oh one upper corner, a little bit of run, just ooh, like very very nice fastball. I don't, I'm glad I clicked that shit. Yeah, uh, Spencer Strider, really really good great talent to have on the Braves. Uh, I'm sure they're lucky to have, I'm sure they're grateful to have him, I should say. Uh, the New York Mets are eight and six, uh, second in the division. The Marlins, so I have been, I, I do like the Marlins. I've always liked the Marlins. Um, I've always liked their, their park back when Stanton played there and back, yeah, back when they had uh, Jose Fernandez and Giancarlo Stanton and Christian Yelich. And who else? Uh, like Echeverria, that era, man, that was, those were that was a fun team. Even though they didn't win that much, but that was a really really fun team to watch. Um, I think at least maybe Miami fans feel differently because they had they basically had to. Uh, but that yeah, that's it is what it is. I mean, they they added over the off season some interesting pieces. They added. Uh, uh, Yuli Gurriel at first. Uh, sorry, I <laughs> blanked on it. Yeah, added Yuli Gurriel. And this is probably going to be his last contract, I would assume. I don't know if it's a one-year or two-year. I would assume two-year. I think he's 40, 40, 39, 40, something like that. Uh, he has some baseball left in him. He's a, fundament- he, sorry. he's a fundamental player. He was great in Houston, and I think he has uh, uh, stuff to contribute uh, with the Marlins. But obviously their pitching has been uh, great for a while that's never really been the concerns it's been the bats and so it's it's really cool to see the kind of bats start to play up to their potential um alcantara has been okay not great um uh, pablo lopez got moved to the twins i think and uh who else is there Sixto sanchez i don't know if he's in the big leagues who else i'm not sure about their other starters but it's always a position of strength for them it seems even going back, yeah, even going back to the Jose Fernandez days, rest in peace. Uh, the Phillies are five and nine, so this is interesting. Um, they had not the greatest start to last season, I don't think either. But five and nine is not amazing. Uh, I don't haven't been following Phillies games too closely, so I'm not too sure what's going on there. And then four and ten, Nationals last in the AL East. Um, sorry, the NL East. And moving on to the Central, the Brewers. Fuck yeah, ten and four. I like the Brewers. I've always liked the Brewers. Um, obviously, there's the connection there because Rowdy Telez plays there. Uh, Telez was a Blue Jay originally. Uh, love Telez. Um, I'm interested in seeing if Yelich will figure it out this season because I think his launch angle. This is what people are saying, but that his launch angle is somewhat improved. It's a little bit better. Um, he's chasing a little bit less, even though he still leads. The league and strikeouts, but I think his metrics are, are, are a little bit better, so we'll see what comes of that. Yeah, the Brewers 10-4. and four. The Cubs, another fun team. The Cubs are a very fun team, and I think uh, there's a lot more talent here than there was uh, last year. They signed Jamison Tyone, they signed Cody Bellinger, they signed uh, a couple other pieces that's really going to help propel this team from a fringe wild card at best to lock for wild card at best and a fringe wild card at worst because i think there's just so much talent uh you know with the your nico horners of the world and uh marcus stroman is doing okay i think i don't know how his most recent starts have gone but his first start he had a really strong start 
Um, so there's that. You know, I, I like the Cubs. Again, this is another one of those fun teams that I, I really enjoy watching. Uh, the Pirates are third in the division. They are 8-6. and six, And uh, the Pirates are one of those teams you just got to root for them. I don't feel strongly either way about them, but I feel like they deserve to not suck. For the fans, they deserve they deserve so badly to not suck. Uh, McCutcheon is back there. That's really cool. He's he's not a he's not washed. He had an okay season with Milwaukee, and it's cool to see him back in a Pirates uniform because that's what we're all used to. I don't know who he played for between the Pirates and the Brewers. If there even was another team, I'm, I'm really not sure. But uh, the Cardinals fourth in the Central, six and eight. Uh, they faltered a little bit, but I'm sure they'll figure it out. Um, calling Cardinals probably to win the division, um, if not the Brewers, and probably the Cubs second or third. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, the Reds, uh, kind of a write-off. <laughs> Five and eight. What are you going to say? I'm sorry, Cincinnati. You should not have a team anymore. Uh, the Diamondbacks, very, very pleasant surprise in the NL West because I'm tired of these fucking teams. The Dodgers and the Padres. I'm sure that the, the Padres fans would take great exception to that fucking statement that I'm tired of them. But I am tired of them because I feel like the Diamondbacks have always been, ever since I started watching baseball, the Diamondbacks have always been a team with some really interesting talent. It's just they either they haven't been able to put it together. And uh, what I mean by that is like they haven't had all the pieces at once to make a, put, a real push for anything except that one wild card year or or the pieces they did have kind of underperformed uh, aka Ketel Marte so there's that um but I, I've always liked the Diamondbacks I was there uh, I was in Arizona in la- uh, a couple months ago January early January and um I walked around Chase Field. I happened to I just happened to be in downtown Phoenix, basically killing time until I had to go to the airport. Um, so yeah, I walked around the downtown and shit, and I saw I saw Chase Field, and I saw uh, their where the Suns play. I forget I forget what the arena is called, but I saw that district. And uh, yeah, so Moreno, Gabriel Moreno, and uh, Lourdes Gurriel Jr. are there. Uh, the Diamondbacks acquired them in a trade uh, for fucking Dalton Varsho, who's been pretty good for the Blue Jays so far. Um, I'm I'm glad to have him. Honestly, you needed you needed to do it. You need to get rid of either one of Gurriel or Teo, and I feel like both. And with the replacements, they've been able to go out and get. It worked out. It worked out. Uh, we're gonna miss him obviously in the barrio and shit, but. It happens, and um, I think it's for the best, and I wish everyone who departed the Blue Jays this last offseason uh, the utmost success in their new teams. Now, that being said, the Dodgers are 7-7. Seven and seven. The Dodgers really do not stand out to me as a team that's um, primed to go all the way this year. And it just seems like a given every year, oh, the Dodgers are going to win the AL West. Uh, sorry, the NL West. I don't think that's the case here. I think... Um, they might find themselves outside of a wild card spot. This the Dodgers, the L, the twenty twenty three NL, sorry, Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, they stand out to me as a five hundred team. That's what I think, but we'll see if I'm wrong. The Padres are seven and eight. The Giants are five and eight. I'm, I'm, I wonder how Ross Stripling's doing. I know he got rocked in his first start. I don't know. I haven't been keeping tabs on the do- on the Giants. Sorry. Um, I'll look into that. I'll look into that after I finish recording. Um, so yeah, and the Rockies, again, the Rockies are another write-off, um, 
<laughs> I actually watched I watched a Rockies game. What year was this? This must have been like 2018. 2018. I watched a Rockies game at Coors Field and oh, Coors Field is beautiful. Uh, it was like in the middle of sunset basically and it was just so nice. It was a good game. I think they won. I think they were playing the Diamondbacks. And they had Arenado back then and um Goldschmidt still played for the Diamondbacks, yeah, they had Arenado. I think I think Carlos Gonzalez was still playing for them, man. Throwback. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I used to really like Carlos Gonzalez. And um, Charlie Blackman. And Charlie Blackman is still there. Um, I'm not sure how Chris Bryant is doing uh, this, this season. I know he very much struggled last year, but it remains to be seen if that'll uh, continue into, into this year. I just got to close my bedroom in one second. Sorry about that. You know, I would, um, if I had, um, any interest in editing these, I would, but it's, it's editing, editing these. I mean, you got to understand that these audio files are 30 minutes plus long and, and to sift through them and to listen back to everything I said and to cut out any uh, small imperfections. It's just, it takes a long time. And for something that I'm not getting paid to, <laughs> to do, it, it, it's just not, it's not, it's not fucking worth it. So that's why these are always very rough and unscripted. And just, I mean, I, you know, I care about what I'm saying, but I feel like the delivery is one thing and the content is another. So that's, that's my thoughts on that. Um, and that brings us to the end of the, the MLB, of what I, everything I have to say about the MLB, uh, the Blue Jays. It remains to be seen. I think my calls for the AL, I think we'll see the Blue Jays and the either the Astros or maybe the Yankees in the ALCS. That's what I think. We'll see. And the Rays, I don't think I see. This isn't sustainable. This doesn't look sustainable to me. Could be wrong. Could be wrong about everything. Maybe they go like a hundred and sixty and two. Remains to be seen, uh, but we'll see. Now, um, other sports in terms of other sports. So the night I went, I, I went to the the second Jays game in the Tiger series that wrapped up a couple of days ago. I think that was Wednesday, and so. Uh, what was I gonna say about that? Yeah, yeah. So this is the as I was leaving, uh, the Raptors game got out, and I have haven't been following the Raptors because they've been doing bad uh, this season. But apparently, that <laughs> got eliminated from the play-in that night, and so all the Jays fans were very happy, and all the Raptors fans were very pissed, and that was uh, sad to see. I'm sorry for all the Raptors fans who 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 held out hope. I personally am a very bandwagon Raptors fan. If they're in the finals, I'll watch it and I'll pretend I watch them all season. But I really just don't have that interest in basketball I used to. That's why I don't I don't really talk about basketball too much on this podcast because I do know I feel like I do know a fair amount, a fair bit about it as as a sport in, in terms of like the nuances of it and stuff and analytics. But I just I, I I can't help but take up all the time with baseball because it's it's really what um, I enjoy watching a lot more than basketball. And um, hockey. So the Leafs are in. They've clinched a uh, playoff spot since time. I, th- I think they'll be playing the Lightning. Not too sure. We'll see. We'll see what comes of that. I'll definitely be talking about that, and I'll definitely be watching it. I I stopped watching them 
uh, regularly somewhere like halfway through the season. But the first half of the season, I watched, uh, I'd say like 50% of the Leafs games. And um, they're a fun team. They've always been a fun team. And I feel like with the moves um, Kyle Dubas has made, uh, firstly, last uh, the last couple off seasons and this trade deadline, uh, this is all in. This is all in. And if he doesn't make it happen by the end of Matthews' current contract, uh, he's going to be sacked. And I think he knows it. Because this is just an embarrassment every year, going out and getting fucking pounded in the first round to either a Tampa or a Boston or a Montreal or Columbus or any of these, or Washington, any of these variety of teams that have uh, basically curb stomped them throughout the years. I think they've made the playoffs every year since 2016 and never advanced past uh, the first round. So that also remains to be seen, and we'll talk about that later now. So the final thing I had to touch on for today is um, the Toronto rap scene. Now... I've obviously I'm a music guy. I keep tabs on what's going on in the industry, um, but I've seen a lot of a lot of dialogue recently. Very uh, yeah, specifically recently. There's always going to be people talking shit just for the fun of it because you know they're bored at home and they have nothing to do. But specifically recently, I've seen a lot of talk about how the Toronto rap scene feels dead and there's nothing going on. And I would agree with that. I would agree with that strongly. It feels like no one's really dropping, you know, fall, turn to winter, turn to now, basically summer, and no one's really making moves, and it's it's odd to, it's odd to see. Uh, the last project that dropped that I would say that, like, I really, um, I thought was a, a quality piece of work was Benji's, t- uh, no, sorry, sorry, not Benji, um, uh, Berna, yeah. Burna Bands. I think that tape, obviously not perfect, but I liked it. I liked I liked it enough to mention it. Uh, I liked some songs off of it. VV's is actually in my playlist. I, I like that song. Um, I think it was well executed and it did okay commercially. Obviously, Pengs. I'm 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 a big fan of Pengs's music. He's incarcerated currently. Uh, he's on drug charges. Something happened up in Sudbury. Who knows? I don't claim to know all these things, but uh, it the, the Toronto rap scene definitely feels dead. I agree with that, and that's that's a common sentiment that's been shared. Um, so the game just started. I put it on. Uh, Yusei Kikuchi just struck out uh, Yandi Diaz, so uh, good sign. So I'm going to a... Uh, we'll call it a break, but I will record another episode mainly focusing on music. Uh, after the game, I think. After the game is done. And uh, hope to uh, see you guys again then. Uh, thank you for listening. And uh, have a great day. Until I get around to that. Thanks. <laughs>